turn to read from God's word. Uh, We're turning to two portions of scripture. The first one is Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And just a short reading from verse 46 down to uh, verse 49. And then we'll be turning to Psalm 11 uh, and reading that psalm from God's word. But we turn first of all to the New Testament, to Luke chapter 6. We begin our reading at verse 46. For the boys and girls who are here this evening, if you listen really carefully to the reading, you're going to hear what Jesus talks concerning foundations. So there are certain foundations that we are to have. So you listen out for that. What are we to build our lives on? Luke chapter 6, verse 46. This is the living word of the living God. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Then we turn back to Psalm 11 to read this portion of of God's word. Psalm 11. We'll be reading the whole of this psalm. To the choir master of David. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Amen. And may God bless to us the reading of his word. If you'd like to turn back to Psalm 11 in your Bibles, Psalm 11, I've entitled the sermon this evening, When the Foundations Are Attacked, When the Foundations Are Attacked. I wonder what gives your life meaning or stability. I wonder if you were actually to ask that question to your friends or neighbours. If you were to ask that question to the people who surround you at school, at work, what do you think they would answer? What gives their life meaning and stability? For some, it's perhaps their job, their career, 
that financial security. That's what gives their life meaning and stability. Others might focus on health and well-being. This gives meaning to their lives. For many, it would probably be family and relationships. It's the connection that we have with other people. And that gives life meaning and stability. And there are still others who would maybe say, well, it's learning. It's knowledge. It's expanding. It's moving. It's science. This gives the foundation to life. This gives meaning. And all of these things are foundational for many people. There are many people around us who build their lives on these things. But we know, of course, that these foundations can be shaken. More than shaken, these foundations can be destroyed. They can be taken away in, in a moment. Loss of a job, ill health, a broken relationship. A discovery that changes what humanity thinks about itself. None of the things that I've mentioned will last. They are unstable foundations. When we read earlier from Luke chapter 6, we read that familiar parable that Jesus told about the two men. One who built his house on a good foundation and the other who built it on no foundation at all. One house stood because it was built on a good foundation, a foundation that is fixed and will last. The other house, of course, fell when the pressure came on, when the storm arose, when the the stream, when the flow of river knocked against it. If there isn't a foundation that lasts, the fall of the house is great. For Christians, of course, for us, we proclaim that our foundation is Jesus Christ. We stand on the authority and truth of God's word, of scripture. We stand on the foundation of his truth. His truth makes it clear that he is the maker. We are his creation. And although fallen and deserving of his justice and wrath, He is also a God of grace, a God who's provided the way of salvation and forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ. And so our foundation, what we build our lives on, is what is permanent, it's what is fixed. The word of God, the gospel, the good news of salvation, his truth, his justice and his grace. This is our foundation. However... What happens when our foundation is being attacked by society and those around us? What happens when these foundations are being assaulted, mocked, denied by our culture? What is it that we are going to do? It's one thing to have a firm foundation, but when it's being attacked, what is our response? Another way we could phrase this would be taking the words of verse 3 of Psalm 11. Look at verse 3. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? This is what we see today and throughout history. 
the foundations of what God has put in place. His truth, his justice, his grace and mercy. We see these foundations being attacked by those around us. Just briefly, think about the denial of the authority of scripture. People reject it. They deny that this is God's inspired word. They reject creation. They ignore the Lord's day. We think of the foundations that God has put in place in creation. Marriage and the family unit. That's being attacked and assaulted and denied today. People trying to redefine it. God has made male and female their foundational truths. And yet today in society, there's gender confusion. God has put in place the foundation of the, the right of life. We're to preserve life, the dignity of life. And yet, of course, we know in our own nation, that's being assaulted and denied and attacked as abortion is promoted. There's the pursuit of unethical research. Parts of society are trying to silence the church of Jesus Christ. They they try to remove the gospel. And even certain parts of the church have capitulated to to foolish, immoral views on sexuality. The, The foundations on which we say we stand, they are being attacked And so perhaps the words of verse 3 of Psalm 11 stand out to us just a little bit more this evening. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? But Psalm 11 gives us the answer. Because here we see that the foundations on which we stand are fixed and can't be moved. Psalm 11 tells us that we can take refuge in the Lord. Because he is the Lord who is in his holy temple. He is the Lord who is on the throne. He is the one who upholds his people. He's the God who sees what is wrong. He's the God who will act accordingly. He's the God who preserves those who are his. And so although the foundations are being attacked. What can the righteous do? We take refuge in the Lord. Because of who he is. Because of what he is doing. Because of what he will do. In the Lord I take refuge. Let's look at Psalm 11 this evening. And I want us to note firstly the challenge from the world. The challenge from the world. Psalm 11 we are told was written by David. Uh, This is King David. He knew what it was to have things fall apart around him. There were many times when David had to flee like a bird to the mountain, as he's told to do here in verse 1. His life was in danger from Saul. His life was in danger from his own son. He knew what it was to go up to the rocks and the crags and, and to hide away. That's perhaps what's happening here in Psalm 11. It could be David's enemies or maybe even his companions His friends who are saying to him, flee, run away, fly like a bird to your mountain, David. Your enemies are coming for you, David. Look at verse 2. They have their arrows already fitted on the strings. The bow is bent. They're ready to shoot at you, David. 
And David, you don't even see it coming because they're hiding in the dark. David, your life is in danger. You won't even know what's hit you. It's sometimes hard for us to grasp what it must have been like for David. Here he was, the anointed, promised king. But Saul, who was the present king at the time, he wanted him dead. And there were many times in David's life where it appeared that God's purposes and plans for him seemed to be falling apart. It appeared that the foundations were crumbling. God's truth, God's justice in upholding David, God's grace and mercy to David, they seemed to be teetering on the brink. The foundations appeared as though they were being destroyed. What can David do? Well, people say to him, David, you've no hope. All seems lost. Let's just run away. David, give up. Just hide in our little corner and hope that we won't get hit by these arrows that are being fired at us. This is the challenge not only David faces, but of course it's the challenge that we face. The challenge from the world from the society and the culture in which God has placed us. People have their arrows in the strings of their bow and their bow is bent and it's ready to fire at God's church, the church of Jesus Christ. Think of the the laws of our land that make it harder and harder for us to take a stand in God's word. Laws that promote things that are evil and wicked and immoral The unethical things. There are different lobby groups out there and vocal minorities who want to endorse and promote lifestyles that go against God's word. The creation foundations that God has put in place concerning the family and and marriage. The assault is coming from society. They're attacking the foundations, the truth. That God has put in place. It's the challenge that's there. And so what are we to do? Should we run away and hide? Should we flee like a bird to our mountain? Do we go off to our own little cave? And just hope that the arrows won't hit us? Of course ultimately Psalm 11 was the experience of Jesus Christ. He sang this song. He would have sung it often. Like he he sang all the Psalms. The arrows were fixed at him. Listen to what Jesus' disciples said to him in John chapter 11 verse 7. Lord, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going there again? His disciples wanted him to hide, to, to flee. The world was attacking the ultimate foundation. The truth who'd become flesh. The one who created the ends of the earth. They wanted to attack the one who sustains all things. The foundations 
God's truth and justice and his grace. His word is created order. It's being attacked. That's the challenge that comes from the world. It's the challenge that faces you when you go into your place of work, when you go to your place of study, when you go in and out amongst your friends. For our young people here, the boys and girls, you're going to meet people who want to attack the foundations of God's word. They're going to tell you that the world wasn't created by God. The world will try to tell you that it doesn't matter if you're male or female because you can make up your own mind later on in life. They'll tell you that marriage isn't between one man and one woman. They'll tell you that Jesus Christ doesn't matter. They'll tell you that we don't need salvation. The foundations are being assaulted. It's the challenge that we face. So what do we do? Do we hide? Do we flee? Do we run to the hills? Or does Psalm 11 give us a different perspective? Well, of course it does. And so secondly, we see here confidence for the believer. Confidence for the believer. Psalm 11 gives the answer right at the very start of the psalm. Look at verse 1. Here is our response. In the Lord, I take refuge. And this is expanded for us in verses 4 to 6. Here is why David can take refuge. I should say halfway through verse 1 to the end of verse 3 is what people are saying to David. How can you say to me these things to flee? How can you say that the assaults of the wicked are going to destroy God's foundations? David is going to trust and take refuge in the Lord because he is in his holy temple. Because the Lord is on his throne in heaven. Because the Lord sees, knows, and he will act accordingly. The Lord is in his holy temple. That is God is the eternal, everlasting God and Father. David is saying he is the one worthy of worship and praise. Here is the one who is high and exalted in his holy temple. He is the one who is pure and undefiled by sin. That means that he is everlasting and eternal. He doesn't change. God is perfect in every way. He is the one who is before all things, who created all things, who sustains all things. This is the God who has put his foundations in place. It's what we were singing about in Psalm 93. He is the everlasting God who has everlasting truth. He is in his holy temple. What God has put in place will always stand firm. His truth doesn't change. His justice doesn't change. His grace doesn't change. The very principles that he has put in place of creation, they do not change. The foundations are set because it is the everlasting Lord God, the covenant God, the eternal one, and he and he alone is worthy of praise. He is in his holy temple. And he is on the throne. We have a king. God the son. 
Jesus Christ. He rules the heavens and the earth. He sustains and keeps this creation. Not only has God put in place everything, his foundations, including the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, but he rules over it. He cares for it. He is king on the throne. And no matter how hard the world pushes against Jesus Christ, no matter how much our nation and society tries to overthrow the king, they will never be able to displace the king who is on the throne in heaven. They might plot and conspire. They might, as we sang about in Psalm 64, research all of their injustices. But he is on the throne. And one day they will have to bow the knee to King Jesus and confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's the Lord in his holy temple. He's the king on the throne. And he sees and he acts accordingly. Look at the end of verse 4 into verse 5. He sees and tests us. That is all creation, the children of man. This is the God who knows what we do. He knows what we say. He knows what we think. And he measures us against his standard of holy perfection, of purity. Falling short of that standard falling short of his truth and his justice and his grace. That means going against the foundations that he set in place. It means that he's angry at us. This is the God who is angry at the sinner we are told in verse 5. His soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. But we have a problem. Our problem is that we like to make ourselves God of our own lives. We like to think that actually we know better than God. Yes, God, maybe you've set this out in your word. Maybe this is your foundation. Maybe this is your truth. But, you know, I think if I do it this way, that might be a bit better. If I follow this course of action... I know God hasn't told me to do this. In fact, he's told me not to do this. But in this situation, I think doing my own thing is going to be better. Rubbish! That's us attacking what God has fixed and set in place. That's us putting ourselves against the foundation of his truth. Ignoring his truth. Ignoring Jesus Christ. Challenging the foundation of God's truth. Using our own standard, our own goodness, our own wisdom, whatever it might be. That's us challenging God's foundation. But he sees. And he knows. And he acts accordingly. Look at verse 6. We're told that we will receive the punishment due for our sin. This is what is referred to as the portion of our cup. What we deserve, what we will have to take. It's the inheritance, it's the, the promised giving of what we will receive, the portion of our cup. And it is eternal punishment for our rebellion. 
the full weight of God's righteous anger. We're told here in descriptive terms that God's perfect justice will be rained down on those who are not righteous. And of course that's each and every one of us outside of Christ. I gave this heading the confidence for the believer. Perhaps it would have been better to have called it crisis for those who ignore God's foundation. Crisis for those who ignore his truth, his justice and his grace. Crisis for those who go against what God has put in place. Crisis for those who try to take their stand against Jesus Christ. And as the world attacks the foundations of God's creation, his revelation, the gospel, they don't even realize that they are in crisis. And the foundations that they have been building their lives on are what's crumbling and what will be swept away. And as Jesus said concerning the foolish person who built his house with no foundation, the fall of that house was very great. There is a crisis for those who are not looking to the foundation that God has set in place. It is confidence for the believer. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his throne in heaven. He sees, he knows, and he acts accordingly. But if you are outside of Jesus Christ, this is crisis for you. Because you're ignoring the only foundation on which you can stand. You're ignoring the only foundation in which there is salvation and eternal life. And you need to know this evening if you're not a Christian. The Lord is in his holy temple. He's on his throne. He sees and he knows your heart. He knows what you're building your life on. And if it is not his foundation, he will judge you eternally. This brings us thirdly and lastly this evening as we think of Psalm 11 to the comfort that we find in the Lord. Comfort that we find in the Lord. There is confidence for the believer. And it's found in who God is and what he does for us. In verse 1, David begins with this great confidence statement. In the Lord I take refuge. This is what we are to do. We are to take refuge in the Lord. And David then answers those who attack the foundation, those who say, how can you say to me, flee? David says, I'm not going to flee because the Lord is in his temple. But now look at how the Lord views his people. And this is our comfort for us this evening. Verse 7. The Lord is righteous. The Lord loves the righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Now again, we can read these words with some discomfort because we know that we are not righteous in and of ourselves. We're not upright in and of ourselves. Rather, we deserve the cup of wrath of verse 6. And if we're building on our own foundation, then that is what will happen. We will have to take the cup of wrath ourselves, eternal punishment. But the wonderful good news 
is that there is another who has taken this cup for us. Jesus Christ, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed that the cup might be taken from him. And then he said, yet not my will, but your will be done. And out of loving, willing obedience, Jesus Christ took the cup of wrath for us. That's what he suffered on the cross. The full punishment for our sin taken by Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, we are then declared righteous. We are forgiven. We are made clean and pure. We are called upright. All because of Jesus Christ. And now we see that the Lord who is righteous loves those who do righteousness. Those who live out righteousness. Those who are declared righteous in his grace. He loves us as the world attacks the foundations. As we face the challenges of society. We can take refuge in the Lord because of who he is. And because of his love for us. He cares for us. And he keeps us. How wonderful to know that the foundation on which we stand, it's not shaking. It's not crumbling. We look around at society and our nation and we think everything is falling to pieces. And people say to us, run away, the church be quiet, be silent, the world is moving on, we're leaving you behind. Rubbish! We can take refuge in the Lord and we can stand on the foundations that he has put in place. And we know that he loves and cares for those who are his, those that he declares righteous. And we know that through all of this, there is a glorious promise at the end of Psalm 11 that we will get to behold his face. We will see the Lord. This world is passing. This world will come to an end. Jesus Christ will return. And those who build on the foundation that God has put in place, those who stand firm in the foundation that God has, his truth, his justice and his grace, those who stand on Jesus Christ, we will be with him for all eternity. We will be in the new heavens and the new earth. Our foundation is firm and fixed. And he cares for us. He watches over us. What is the foundation on which you're standing? What's the foundation on which you're building? The world maybe thinks that it can destroy the foundation of God's truth. The foundation that Jesus Christ is the saviour, the gospel. But in the end, what God has put in place is the only foundation that will stand. So what must we do? What must we do in light of all of this? Well, we must first of all make sure that we are building our lives in Christ. That we've put our trust and our faith in him as saviour alone. And we must then stand firm on what he has put in place. We must take our stand for truth and justice, righteousness and grace. We must be confident that the Lord has all these things set in place and they cannot be destroyed or removed. 
We're to take our refuge in the Lord. Even when the world tells us to flee like a bird. We know. We know the Lord has his foundation in place. He's on the throne. He's holy in his temple. He sees and he knows and he is with us. And so as a church, as his people, we stand on the foundation he has set. We stand on Jesus Christ because his foundation will not be destroyed. Amen. Let us pray. Lord and Father, we ask that by your spirit you might encourage us, apply your truth to our hearts and our minds this evening. O Lord, might we leave here as those who have met with you, those who have worshipped before your throne, those who have had their faces gaze on Christ, those who have been fed by your spirit. O Lord, we pray for our children and our young people, that they will be able to stand on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, on your truth, on your full revelation. O Lord, give them grace and strength to do so. We pray for ourselves, O Lord, as the world seeks to assault the foundation that cannot be moved. Give us that confidence and comfort to find you to be our refuge and to know, O Lord, that you are the Lord in heaven, you're the one on the throne, the one who sees and acts accordingly. O Lord, may these truths indeed strengthen us in our faith and give us a greater confidence and boldness to live for Jesus Christ. Because we ask these things in his name. And now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, both now and forevermore. Amen.